I love a celebration. My birthday is right at the end of July, so when I was at uni, we'd be on summer holidays by then. So I'd always make sure to throw a party at the end of May so I could see everyone after exams before summer started. And then if I didn't see people then, I'd try and see them at the end of September once we were back. Somehow, I can make my birthday last for about four months, which I'm glad not everybody does because otherwise it would eat into my time. But I don't even need a reason to celebrate. In the first lockdown, I said to my sisters that I missed dressing up and I couldn't remember when I'd last worn heels. So we threw a party in the garden. It was just the five of us on a random Wednesday night in April. And my dad even wore a suit. It was brilliant. Why am I talking about celebrating? Well, today we're looking at Psalm 122 and this is a psalm of celebration. It's written by King David, who was the young shepherd that defeated the giant Goliath and later became king. And it's one of 15 Psalms of Ascent, and they're from 120 and then through to Psalm 134. And 14 of them were written by King David, including this one. So this sets the scene of what we're looking at. Now, what is a Psalm of Ascent, I hear you ask, or at least I was asking it. Um, so to explain, I want you to come on a journey with me. This is an adventure, and in this adventure, we as G2 have decided to go on a summer holiday to the Lake District. Now, this is hypothetical before we start booking time off, although it would be really fun, um, and I imagine some of you are going to the Lake District, but for this adventure, we're going all together. You're really excited, you're packing your bags, you've got the kids in the car ready to go, you've got your lunch boxes, um, some of you are bringing your dogs, maybe some camping things, or you booked an Airbnb, which is what I would do because not about the camping life um, and you're all ready you're super excited and we're all buzzing to go and we're going to meet in Burnham car park to start this adventure now when you arrive i tell you there's a bit of a twist we are traveling to the lake district on foot oh yes there's no cars on this adventure we will be walking now some of you maybe at this point decide you forgot to book time off work and um, you better get going home. But those of us who are going, it's going to be great. It's only a 37 hour walk, which means if we average about 10 hours a day, we should make it in four days. Are you still buzzing for the adventure? Now, why do I say this? This helps set the scene of what a psalm of ascent is and it will make sense in a moment. For the Israelites, three to five day walks were pretty ordinary. One of the festivals that Israel celebrated was Passover. And this remembered the story from Exodus in the Old Testament of the Bible, where God's people were delivered from slavery under Pharaoh. So God had, put, had them all put the blood of a lamb over their doorposts, and this would mean that the angel of death would pass over them. Every year after that, the Israelites would set aside time to remember their bondage, their need for a deliverer, and God's protection and provision for them. So as the Passover approached, the Israelites would journey to Jerusalem for the festival. They would walk on foot, and for those coming from regions like Galilee, this would take three to five days, hence our Lake District analogy. On the walk from York to the Lake District, if we were going, I imagine some of us would sing silly songs like we would in school, maybe that one that goes, everywhere you go, everywhere we go, people always ask us, people always ask us. I don't know, maybe that was just my school. I think that was universal. Um, but on this walk for the Israelites, they didn't sing silly songs to keep the spirit high, but instead they celebrated what God had done for them using Psalms of Ascent. So they would sing about the things that had happened for their ancestors. And this Psalm 122 that we've heard read was one of those. Now, just for good measure, 
on the final day of the ascent, there was a 3,400 foot climb, which would be like me suggesting that we finish our four-day walk to the Lake District by climbing the highest mountain there, which isn't even 3,400 feet. It's a bit smaller than that. So I can't speak for you, but I have definitely been known to start complaining that my feet hurt or I'm tired or I'm thirsty way sooner than 37 hours into a walk. If I was one of the Israelites, I don't think I'd be singing songs about what God had done for me. I'd probably be trying to negotiate a piggyback from somebody or lying on the ground very dramatically, declaring that I can't move anymore. Yet remind me not to go on a 37 hour walk with you if you want it to be fun. At its heart, Psalm 122 is a psalm of entering the presence of God and giving thanks for what he's done. The Israelites placed huge significance on remembering what God had done for their ancestors, and this was a foundation to base their celebration of who God is upon. By remembering what God had done in the nation's past, they remembered huge events such as the parting of the Red Sea, which ultimately led them out of slavery, the sun stopping in the sky, the entry into the promised land and the giving of a king. These are massive events in their history and it is no wonder that they wanted to praise God for them and to celebrate them. It helped them to focus on the character of God and the nature of him. This is something that we see throughout scripture and all the way through, the writer David is clear that God is the focus of scripture, not man. It's about the victories that God has won and what God has done for them. And it's not the way that they've achieved things themselves or what their needs are. We love to celebrate when things are going well. Like me, it was my four-month birthday. It's so fun to celebrate the big things. But when things are tough, We're much quicker to pray for help or to tell God what's wrong and what we need than to focus on what he's done for us. Don't get me wrong, a massive lesson that we've learned throughout the Psalms is that it's really important to be honest before God, to bring your true emotions to him. God already knows what you're feeling, so bring that to him, of course. But it is really easy to fall into only approaching prayer when we're down. And that's something that we want to combat. So, Do you remember to enter God's presence when you have something to celebrate? I don't know about you, but I find it much easier to remember to pray when I feel like I need God and much harder to pray when I'm really excited about something that I feel I could just celebrate with my friends. Do you remember to celebrate God and to celebrate what he has done when things are going well? And do you remember to celebrate what God has done for you when it feels like you have nothing to celebrate? And that is even harder. I've been thinking about some really helpful rhythms of praise and celebration that we can put into our lives just like the Israelites did on that three to five day walk celebrating God. I think in Romans it says the people forgot to be thankful and their thinking became futile. It's sometimes really easy to be thankful when things are going really well, when you've just had a big change in your life that you're really happy about. But sometimes it's pretty tough and I've learned that a really helpful tool for praising God in all times is to start by using the Bible. If you're like God is far away from you, you can praise God for the things that he did for you in the Bible. You can go back to those stories the same as the Israelites and thank God for the way that he delivered them, the way that he's come through for them and that he does the same for you. Or you can hold on to the truths of the Bible, that God is good, that God is for you, that he loves you with a never-ending, unconditional love. Rooting yourself in these things 
helps you to become more thankful. There was a time, I think I was in sick form, where I decided to spend two weeks every morning writing down what the cross meant for me, why it had changed my life, why I was thankful for it. And this feels like a repetitive task, but it was so eye-opening. And the things that you realise that God's saying to you when you start to look at the cross and think, what does it mean for me that God sent his son to die for me? What does that mean for me? Why can I be thankful about that? It generates a spirit of thanksgiving. And I'd really recommend that as a tool as well, if anybody is struggling to know where to start with thankfulness and celebration. Or maybe, yeah, reading a Bible story, thanking God for the way that he interceded or for the way that he's changed your life and allowed you to have a relationship with him. If you can't hear God stand on these truths about his character in the Bible, he is never changing. He is trustworthy. He's for you and he has loved you with a never ending love. Thanksgiving breeds Thanksgiving. Something else that we learn in Psalm 122 is about community. In the very first says it in the very first verse it says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. This is a beautiful verse, and David writes it both with the individual in mind, saying, I was glad, and with the community in mind, when they said. I love this because it makes me think that maybe David was called to come to the house of the Lord with his friends or maybe he was walking to, into God's presence and his friends were helping him sing songs with unity about what God had done for them all. They were rejoicing that they were all in this together and rejoicing that God hadn't just rescued one of them but all of them as a community and all of their ancestors as well. So this is another really helpful tool. When you aren't sure how to praise God for your own circumstances, praise him for what he's doing in your community. Praise him for what he's doing for your friends. The same way that we celebrate our friends' milestones, you can be doing this with our church community. We love celebrating with others. And if this last year taught us anything, it's that we miss those big celebrations. So why don't you celebrate what God's doing in your friends' lives and in the lives of those around you? Verses six to eight also call us to celebrate what God will do through his church. So we can be praying for our church across the nation and the world, praying for our brothers and sisters, celebrating that God's love and peace will infiltrate the world and our wider church and through our wider church as well. So we celebrate both what God has done for us individually and as a community and what God will do through the church and with the church. So Psalm 122, a psalm of ascent, something that strikes me is that they are worshipping God on the journey to a place where they will worship him even more. They're preparing their hearts and minds to worship him before they're even at the Passover celebration. Before lockdown 1.0 hit, um, I was meant to be going to Florida with Youth With A Mission, which is a mission organisation, to spend six months there and in various countries. I was so excited, obviously, but something that was not brilliant is that for the six months before, my faith was really low and I kind of put it on the back burner and I thought, I'll sort that out when I'm with God with the time that I'm giving him in America. But for now, just take things into my own hands, do what I want, and I'll come back to God in that time. Now, this year taught me something, it's that you can't wait to sort out your relationship with God. You can't just wait until something happens because I thought I was doing that and then that thing was taken from under my feet. We want to be celebrating God on this journey to where we're going. 
If I'd have done that, I would have spent the six months preparing for the six months away. Just like the Israelites are spending those three to five days worshipping God, celebrating before they even get to the festival. That's what we need to be doing, preparing our hearts and minds to enter God's presence. So I love that the Israelites start to praise God before they even arrive there. Are you living a life of thanksgiving and praise? Are you spending the journey to Jerusalem, complaining that your feet hurt, complaining that you're tired and thirsty and getting sunburnt, hopefully if it was sunny? Or are you celebrating what God has done for you, what God has already done in your life before you're even at the celebration event? David has such a heart for the house of the Lord. And this basically means entering God's presence. It could be a physical building, but more likely it is just preparing to be with God in his presence. And elsewhere in the Psalms, we hear that David longs above all other things to dwell in the house of the Lord all his days. David enters God's presence with gladness and we should be glad to enter God's presence. And now more than ever, we also long to celebrate together, don't we? To worship together. And we're desperate to do this. But just like the Israelites, what can you be doing now to praise God for what he's done, even on this journey, so that your heart and your mind is prepared for when we enter God's presence with an attitude of thanksgiving, ready to celebrate God? We should celebrate while coming into God's presence. So what is your version of aching muscles right now, of exhaustion and thirst at the moment? What can you draw on to help you celebrate what God has done for you, even in the middle of the uphill journey? Just like the Israelites sung these Psalms of Ascent, what can you be declaring to help you get in that celebration mode to become thankful? Could you be doing one of those things mentioned before, using one of those rhythms, using the Bible to root yourself in God's character or thinking about what the cross means for you? So I want you to think about that walk from York to the Lake District, if we were doing it. And as the mountains start to pierce the horizon, I turn to you and I ask, what is something that God has done for you that you are celebrating this year? For me, I'm celebrating good health. I'm celebrating how God has brought me from a place where I was into the light that I'm in now. I'm celebrating that I get to live in this beautiful city surrounded by people and a church who care for me. What are you celebrating that God has done for you? I'm going to end with um, a beautiful prayer from 1 Chronicles 29. I want you to Really take this in and declare it over yourself as well. Blessed are you, God of Israel, our Father from of old and forever. To you, O God, belong the greatness and the might, the glory, the victory, the majesty, the splendour. Yes, everything in heaven, everything on earth, all of the kingdom is yours. You have raised yourself high over all, Riches and glory come from you. You're the ruler over all. You hold strength and power in the palm of your hand to build up and strengthen all. And here we are, O God, our God, giving thanks to you, praising your splendid name. Amen.